quiz time. Thank you, right? Good evening, Junior High. It's good to be here. Hey, uh, I have been the biggest fan of tug of war. Uh, I'll, I'll just smile at you when it's time to change slides. I've been the biggest fan of tug of war for my entire life. I have played tug of war at parties. I have played tug of war at school. I have played tug of war at church camps, church picnics, church events, church youth groups. I have even played inter-school tug of war. When I was in primary school, it was actually a thing. Uh, it was 1941, and uh, and I'm not that old. It's okay. Uh, but uh, but you back then, I was part of the tug of war team for St Ives Public School. It was absolutely amazing. Now, as you can see, uh, I'm not a particularly muscly guy, right? See here, muscles. Not a lot of action. However, here is the thing. It, it is actually a truth that tug of war is more often won by tactics, not strength. Tug of war is usually won by tactics and not strength. It actually proves the point, the whole game proves the point, that the smart guys can actually always win. Anyway, I reckon I have been on more winning tug of war competitions than most people in the world. So I want you to picture this. It's Easter Sunday. No, it's Good Friday. It's Good Friday. And it's church picnic day. And we're in the park with 300 people. We've been having tug of war between guys and girls, parents and kids, all sorts of different tug of war bits and pieces. And then someone yells out in the crowd, Nigel versus the world! I'm thinking, I can't take on the whole church. Like, I'm going to. And so then someone said, What about you take on all the kids, five? And under. And I thought, this is easy. Easy. And so I always look, I'm talking kids who could barely walk through, kind of get on the rope. I'm thinking, I'm literally going to be dragging these kids across the grass. This is going to be absolutely amazing. So anyway, I'm lined up and there's all these little kids. I think you can bring the next picture up of the kids. Uh, not actually the kids, but just kids. Uh, and, and they are all lined up. And I'm thinking now, I'm, I'm seeing these kids, I'm thinking, not a problem, not a challenge, not a danger to my superior tactics. Not a problem, not a challenge, not a danger to my superior tactics. This will be an easy victory as I drag these kids through the mud. Well, next slide, this is what happened. I got absolutely crucified by a bunch of five, four, three, and two-year-olds. I did not think that those kids posed a problem to me and my strategies. I did not think that those kids were a challenge to me. I did not think that those kids were a danger to my level of tug-of-war skill. And to tell you the truth, I haven't played a game of tug-of-war since. That's how devastating it was. Now, I haven't come here to talk to you about tug-of-war, but I have come to make this point. The world around us, the world in which Christian people live, the world we live in and the air that we breathe in the world that we live in is like those kids. Uh, the world around us and all it accepts and all it teaches, all it says to us, all that it proclaims is okay in the world is like those kids. And if as young Christians, 
we think to ourselves, the world is no challenge for me. I can stay a Christian. The world poses no problem to me. I, I, can, I can ignore the temptations in the world. If I think to myself, the world is not a danger to me in all it says. The world is not a danger to me in all the things that it says I should do. If we think like that, we're in danger. And it's possible that we will end up collapsed on the ground in a heap. Now look at what Paul says in verse 1. So make sure you've got your Bible open. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm just reading from the NIV. Uh, that was the one read, not the one on the screen, but you've got different versions. So let me read it for you. Verse 1, he says, But mark this. He's saying, listen up. Understand. Know this. And this is what he says. There will be terrible times in the last days. Now, when he's talking about the last days, he's not talking about days that are going to be sort of way down the track that you sort of can't see yet. He's actually saying to Timothy, who Paul is writing this letter to, in these days right now for us, Timothy, in these days right now, which is 2,000 years ago from you and me, he's saying there are going to be terrible times in these last days, and we are still in the last days. The last days are just the days before Jesus comes back from heaven to take us to be with him and he says these days our days are terrible days they're difficult days they're dangerous days and we need to pay attention to this we need to pay attention to what is going on in the world and understand the danger for christians the danger for you and me of trying to live following jesus in the world today now he's going to go and say there's two reasons, two reasons why it's dangerous, two reasons why these are terrible times, two things we need to pay attention to. And the first one is that people are living a godless life. So reason number one, people are godless. The people around us who don't believe in Jesus, people who don't follow Jesus, they're actually departing from him. They are drawing people away from him. And they are walking away from him. This is specifically what Paul says here. Look at me at verse 2. He says, people will be, he's talking about people in the world, says people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And I wonder if you can see what's at the very start of that list. Have a look at the start of verse 2 and the end of verse 4. And what do you see? The biggest problem that they have is that they are lovers of, what's the start of verse 2 say? It says they are lovers of themselves. themselves. And so their biggest problem is the end of verse 4. And what does it say? They are not lovers of God. God. And therein lies the problem for the people out in the world. It starts with the fact that people are lovers of themselves. And that sets the scene for the rest. They don't love God with their whole heart and soul and mind and strength, as Jesus called us to do. But they love me. Not me. But people say, I love me. They say, I love me by the things that they do. They say, the world is all about me and my life is all about me by the things that they do. And for those of you who are already on social media, you'll see this, right? On Instagram and in other things, people post things that sort of say, look at me, look at me, it's all about me. They say, worship me. And I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. 
And you don't need to be on social media, you don't need to be on Instagram to know that. You'll see that in your friends. You'll see that in people who don't follow Jesus. That the way they live says, no, my life is all about me. And I'm a lover of myself. And that's dangerous. It's a dangerous and tempting place to be because Jesus says to us, no, we've got to be radically different. We've got to be right here down the other end. We ought to be people who are lovers of God. And so this is the danger for us. You you cannot but see there is in the world lots of things people do that are acceptable, that people say are okay, but in reality they're not. And I want you now to picture, have you ever had a leech attached to your leg? Have you been walking in the Warramoo bush or in the wildflower garden or down the bottom near the Cascades? Who didn't go to the Cascades during COVID, by the way? I think everyone went to the Cascades except for Luke. Uh, no, Luke, you and I walked to the Cascades during COVID, didn't we? Oh. Well, anyway, hands up. Well, you couldn't go to the Cascades. But anyway, so you know, who then has ever got a leech on their leg? Like, how bad is that? You look down. I once got a leech. I took my shoes off. I walked into the house and my mum went, ah! And I've gone, what's wrong, mum? She goes, there's a black thing on your leg. And I looked down and I was like, ah! And there's this, they start out almost as thin as a piece of cotton and end up as stubby as your finger when they suck all the blood out of there. It's literally sucking the life out of your body. And let me tell you this. This is what godless people do to your faith. What they want to do is actually just suck the life out of you. Suck God out of you. And they don't necessarily do it on purpose, but by virtue of the way they live, saying, well, I'm just living for me. If we walk with them, if we walk like them, if we behave in the same way as those who don't follow Jesus, it's like the life is being sucked out of us like a leech. And so I want you to see the danger. I want you to see the challenge that this passage says is in these days... The world is saying, be like us to you. And Jesus says, no, be like me. These are terrible days where people are walking further and further away from Jesus and we need to stand still and stick with Jesus. We cannot think to ourselves, oh, look, I'll just be a little bit like one of the sins in this list. Look at that list again. Look verse 2 to verse 4. Maybe... I'll just be a little bit disobedient to my parents. Maybe I'll just be a little bit abusive to someone who I don't like. Maybe be just a little bit without self-control. We can't even take those things on a little bit. Jesus wants us to be followers of him. So watch out that the world doesn't creep into you. There used to be a TV commercial. And in this TV commercial, a lady had a pot of blue ink and she got a piece of chalk and she dipped the chalk in and she pulled the chalk out. And do you know what happened? She cracks it and you look at it and the blue ink just seeps its way into the chalk. It's changing the chalk. And that's what happens in the world. People who trust in Jesus, who start thinking a little bit of sin's okay, being a little bit like the world is okay. It's like the world gets in like liquid, gets into that chalk. So that's the first thing. We've got to mark these times as terrible times because people are godless and trying to drag us away from Jesus. But there's a second thing that perhaps is even worse. And that is the second reason 
But we need to recognise these are terrible times because preachers, even preachers can be dodgy. Even people who claim to be like Jesus and claim to teach like Jesus can be dodgy. Look at there at verse 5. Verse 5, what does it say? It says that some of these people have a form of godliness but deny its power. He says, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires. See, there are preachers out there, preachers who will say that, that you should follow them and they're not pointing to Jesus. There are preachers out there who will say that you should listen to them and not listen to Jesus. There are preachers out there who will look very Christian and say things that sound very Christian. But, but what does it say in verse 5? Look at verse 5 again. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. They have a form. They look Christian, but they deny that Jesus wants them to walk with him in faith and truth. They deny the power of the Holy Spirit over their life to change them. They deny the God of the Bible. They deny that Jesus is able to transform our hearts and minds to be more and more like him. And so then they convince other people to follow them. And, and so here is my advice to you. Whenever you hear in these terrible times, a Christian person, a preacher, someone giving a talk, you make sure you've got your Bible open. You make sure you look at what the Bible says because that's God's word. And if someone starts to direct you in some direction that is not towards God's word, if someone starts saying something to you that's not in the Bible, you go, whoa, 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 dodgy. And you feel free to say that to someone. If you, you hear someone saying something that's not, you can just say that's dodgy because that's not in the Bible. Because God's given us his word that we might follow him. But in these times, Paul says, there's going to be people around who are going to be dodgy and teach dodgy things, and we need to say to them, no, I'm just going to follow Jesus as he has shown to me in the Bible. Now, fortunately, if you look at the very end, verse 9, he says they'll not get very far because, as in the case of those men, like the men who uh, tried to oppose Moses, in the case of these people who worm their way into the homes of people, in the case of all these people, he says... You can spot them. Verse 9, he says, they'll not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Do you know why their folly will be clear to everyone? Because everyone's got their Bible open. And everyone's looking at Jesus and they're sort of going, well, you're not teaching Jesus and you're not behaving like Jesus. And so I'm not going to follow after you. So let's draw all this together. I want to tell, tell you about a friend of mine called Molly. Uh, Molly uh, was... Hi, Molly. Not that Molly. Another Molly. Who, actually, Molly's not her real name. I changed her name just because I tell stories, but I changed the name of the person I'm talking about. So I want to tell you about Molly. Not that Molly. A different Molly. Let's call her Millie. Is it, oh, there's a million. So 50 Millies. Let's call her Angelina. That is not your name. I want to tell you about Angelina. Angelina came to youth in year seven and year eight and year nine and year ten and year 11, and year 12. And she would have called herself Christian. And she was listening hard. She had left youth and she got into first year university and she just started to let some of the blue ink into the chalk. She actually decided, oh, it was, it's okay for me to be a little bit a lover of myself. It's okay for me to be just a little bit proud and boastful. She was very good at one particular thing and she loved it when 
people celebrated her and, and, and celebrate her they did. And, and more and more she thought, wow, if I, if I keep going at this, and more and more people will celebrate me. And more and more blue liquid got into her chalk. And slowly she stopped listening to Jesus. Stopped following Jesus. Stopped living for Jesus. Because she didn't do what Paul said in verse 1. Look back at verse 1. What does he say? He says there in verse 1, Mark this. There'll be terrible times in these last days. There'll be times when people don't follow Jesus. There'll be times when people don't teach the truth about Jesus. In the end, Angelina wandered away from Jesus. And now she'd say, I'm not a Christian. And she didn't have some massive moment where she went, I'm no longer a Christian. She just slowly took steps. Where she stopped living for Jesus, stopped trusting Jesus, stopped listening to Jesus. So tonight I want you to mark this, understand this, and know this. We need to see the danger in the world around us. We need to avoid the danger in the world around us. We need to keep living for Jesus and listening to Jesus and following Jesus, not just today and not just tomorrow. That every time you wake up and it's his breath in your lungs, you keep walking with Jesus. I'm going to pray for us that we might be able to do that. Let's pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we're listening to your word tonight and we are seeing that we need to mark these things. We need to understand these things. We need to listen carefully to these things. Lord God, we recognise that we live in terrible days, days where people are living against you, days where people are teaching things that are not true about you. And I pray that for each one of us here, we would keep living for you and believing true things about you. Help us to have our Bibles open in front of us, and not just when we're hearing people speak, but each day, so we can keep learning, keep listening, and keep following after how you want us to live and think and do life in this world. We thank you marvellously that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again for us, that we might be saved, that our sins might be forgiven. And we pray now, Lord, that you would help us to walk in light of that forgiveness every day. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.